Welcome to the Strategy Story Podcast, a show for, well, basically anyone interested in those real stories of people making it happen and making a difference in work and business. We're here to bring you some seriously cutting-edge thoughts from the worlds of strategy and storytelling. So if you're looking to improve your comms and your business story, or you want tips on leadership and culture, you're seeking strategy advice, or help on leading people through change, keep listening. I'm Kate Hooper, co-founder of Strategy Story, and we are inviting you into our community. So sit back, listen up, and join us. Hi, folks, and welcome to another Game Changer podcast. We have got past episode one, so we must be doing something well, hopefully. You'll be the judge of that. And so will one of our guests today, because this podcast is brought to you with Alitu, the podcast company, and we have the co-founder and CEO of that company here with us today, Colin Gray. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. And I obviously can't forget about the co-founder of Strategy Story sitting on the other side of the table, Donald McLean. Hi, Donald. Hello. hello. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. So we're going to have a little chat with Colin today and find out a bit more about his business because it in itself is a brilliant story. And hopefully we're also going to bring you some really wonderful tips about storytelling in the modern world of content making too. And Professor Donald over there is going to hopefully give us some really valuable insights into <laughs> Colin's strategy and how that might have worked. No pressure, oh, yeah, anyone. Please, please, yes, let's yeah. get someone else. We're not on the spot at all here. No, absolutely <laughs> Thanks, not. Kate. Yeah, that's what we're aiming to do. Whatever happens, of course, is a completely different story. <laughs> no, sounds good to me. So Colin, how about we start with probably the hardest question, first of all. Mm-hmm. What is and am I pronouncing it correctly? <laughs> we have, it's pronounced in a different way every uh, all around the world. Uh, our American cousins call it Alitu, uh, we call it Alitu, Some of, yeah, it's all sorts of different ways, so don't worry. Um, it's a podcasting app, really. The whole goal is to help anyone to start a podcast in the easiest possible way. So it helps with the recording, the editing, the audio cleanup and the publishing as well, the hosting actually out there on the web. So it does all of those elements um, and helps anyone run their podcast without any audio engineering knowledge. That's the kind of the core part. And can I just say we are very grateful to you because (laughs) uh, Strategy Story has had the intention of creating a podcast for roughly around three years now. And, uh, I obviously have a background in broadcasting, so it should seem like quite a simple thing to do, but it's been something that keeps getting to the bottom of the to-do list and feels like, wow, how do we make this happen? So we ended up moving into a a building where Colin happened to be down the (laughs) corridor and wow, here we are, a collaboration and a podcast in the making, and we're learning all sorts of amazing stuff with Colin, aren't we? Brilliant. And it's a completely new landscape for me. I have to say, it's just turned into a bit of a therapy session as well for Strategy <laughs> Story, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to find out more about yeah. podcasting. And you started as an astrophysicist. Uh, Talk yeah. about game changing. I mean, that's, that's changing your game quite a lot. Aye, well, I mean, when I was a kid, I thought, you know, astrophysics, uh, space, all that stuff was the most exciting thing ever. And it is pretty interesting, but... Um, I discovered as soon as you delve more than a year into any topic, it suddenly turns into 
well, maths. It's all maths. Right. <laughs> it's all theoretical. Uh, so yeah, the, fir- the first year or so was really interesting, learning about the kind of general stuff, but then no, it just goes too too much theory. Yeah. So it's not that you discovered that, that at the centre of every galaxy there's a podcast or a podcast. Well, there's a lot of podcasts <laughs> aimed out at the other galaxies, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's, like, there's a lot of space podcasts. quite good, actually. But, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that then, from astrophysics yeah. to a little. Yep. How, what's the journey? What's the story? Uh, I mean, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do, to be honest. I ended up doing astrophysics partly because, like I say, it sounded interesting. I thought it'd be a fun thing to learn about. But um, a part of it was just I was good at physics at school and that was it. And you're, you, were, you weren't given much in the way of creative career advice at school. It was basically go and get a degree uh, and you'll get something good out of that. So that's why I went and did it. Uh, and I realised only a few years in that that was kind of... Um, well, basically terrible advice. Like you, It's a waste of a degree and I wish I had spent it on something I was more interested in. Uh, so I came out and ended up working in bars for three, four, five years. Worked for an event management company for a few years. Uh, I the, the kind of path was that I ended up going back to do a master's because I regretted so much doing a degree that I didn't enjoy at all. Uh, and also I didn't finish the honours. I only got an ordinary um, and I couldn't quite uh, deal with that. I was like, uh, I needed to go and finish it and do something better. Um, so I was looking at master's courses and that's what took me to uh, a course around multimedia and interactive systems in Napier. And that kind of took me into more web, interactive, animation, audio, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's kind of where it started, I think, from there. And PhD as well. Yeah, PhD yeah. PhD under your belt now. So yeah, that was yeah. that was more just like being an eternal student, not wanting to get a proper job. Really. <laughs> Do you <laughs> feel can... like you have a proper job now? Uh, no, no. That was, <laughs> that was the other goal, not to ever have a proper job. That's the dream. <laughs> exactly. Work not to feel like yes. that. Yes. Funny, because we've got that in common, and I did physics as my first degree. Yeah, cool. And then now my mother's convinced that I don't really have a job at all. She's got no idea what it is, yeah. and I've squandered that brilliant training yes. in physics doing what we do now. And also, yeah. Donald, you like work not to feel like work too, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. It's really <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it has to be enjoyable. It's yeah. your passion. Yeah, for sure. So what took you for, away from physics? What was it? Do you not enjoy it either? Or? That sounds incredibly arrogant. I got a bit bored with it. I mean, I, 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 found, I found it fascinating and I found the cosmology side of physics really interesting, the philosophical side. But, but when you actually start applying it in industry and engineering and all that kind of thing. I just found it a little bit, uh, yeah, I kind of know where this is going. So I started asking the question of why I was doing all this rather than what I was doing. And that took me into the more commercial side of things. Yeah, yeah, something a bit more practical. If if I could just say one more thing to that before, I'd like to hear Colin's take on whether any of that applies to him. But physics has changed massively, as you'll know. Uh, And it's really exciting terrain at the moment. But the version that we still get in most organisations is a really old version based on mechanics. So most organisations are still designed as mechanisms where people are meant to slot into a particular point in the machine and do exactly what is required of them day in, day out, in a repeatable, predictable, totally under control way. And so it kind of makes me laugh slightly when the same organisations are saying, and we've got to innovate, because in actual fact, the the design of the organisation is to do just the opposite of that, Mm. is to repeat things again and again and again. Does does any of this chime with you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to, well, one of those jobs that I ended up in was uh, working at university. And that's what led to the PhD in the end, actually. 
so I worked for four or five years in a big org, like one of the most traditional old, you know, public service type things, a university, which is just, they're, they're just glacial. They're totally that mechanism that you're talking about. It's so hard to do anything. And it's so ironic because they should be really creative, innovative, you know, idea generation machines, really, universities. But they never actually worked like that at all because it was so much process so many systems so much um, bureaucracy that you had to get go through to get anything done so yeah that was kind of a I mean when I came out of that to start my own thing one of my main goals for the next few years of my life was just to have a bit of freedom <laughs> just to actually work on my own maybe with a few people but with no real structure and just be able to actually choose what I do day to day and if I want to do something if I come up with an idea and want to do it I just get to do it that day rather than have to spend three weeks trying to put it through some kind of process that takes all the fun and creativity out of it anyway so yeah absolutely could you say a little bit more about a little in terms of how it how it is organised. Where are your people and yeah. how do you interact and what do you do? Yeah, the, sorry, go on. No, I'm just interested in this as well because from from Colin and I, we, we've got to know each other over the last few months and things. And what's really struck me is that you have very almost like quietly and calmly grown quite a large team of people now and a brilliant business and really tapped into trends. And it, but it's almost like um, there's been no drama. Do you know what I mean? It's like you've. It's like there's been a very organic strategy, and I yeah. want to put, drill down into that a little bit more and figure out, you know, how you've made that happen. Uh, it's definitely been a bit of drama over the years, <laughs> but um, you're right. It has been pretty organic. Uh, up until last year, for example, we hadn't taken any funding or anything like that. It was all just grown organically over time. It was really just me writing articles in the early days, and those articles start to do well. Um, and some of them we turned into courses. We tested out a few services, like I took on some staff to start doing some audio production type work as well. So we start producing shows for other people. But really that kind of desire for the freedom and for the, you know, to be able to sort of choose what to do day to day and not have to have too much process and system actually took us away from those that client work because working with clients actually required me to put all of that back in again. Um, so that was kind of difficult actually going through that stuff. There's a bit of a drama around there actually, like taking on 15, 20 clients, but then actually we dumped them all at a certain point in time. Um, dumped is a cruel word. We <laughs> off-boarded. None of them are listening, don't worry. We off-boarded them. We off-boarded. <laughs> I've never heard of off-boarding we, before. We yes. set them free. We set them free. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and, and over time, I mean, over the following three, four, five years, we I only took on maybe two or three people every year. Uh, to the point where now we've got 18. Uh, we've got five people in Edinburgh. So there's one kind of little nucleus of people that all work together down there. That's mainly the growth and ops team that are kind of really worthwhile having in one place. And the rest, our developers are all spread all around the world, from the US to Europe to, to Asia. Um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, 18 people of which probably seven, 12 or 13 of them are just all over the place. Yeah, throughout wow. the world. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. People that are listening might pick it up in, in Colin's voice, but and, and so much actually you do pick up in the voice, which I think is a, that's a, mm. an amazing mm-hmm. power in podcasts. Yeah. But you are one of the calmest people I've come across <laughs> in business. Is is that an achievement? Have you always been like that? Or, or the drama that you were talking about, did you say, no, I'm not doing that again, I'm going to be calm from now on? Yeah, I'm actually not sure. Um, I have been told that before 
which I suppose means it must Thanks, be. Thanks, Colin. I'm not very original. At least part. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, you're. Yeah, I agree with what I'm trying to say. With that, is I'm not sure I see it exactly because I do not feel calm often. But people have told me that before, so I try and take it on board that it must be wow. at least outwardly true. Um, but no, I mean, I yeah, I. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to answer that, to be honest. I feel like I, I try and work on that, as in, like, I do things like meditation and mindfulness and things like that to try and help with, you know, the stress around, the, there's always stress around running your own thing, isn't there? Um, and I I do a lot of reading around, uh, like, how to work and productivity and all that kind of thing. And But then I also try and keep in mind that I don't want to just grow a business for the sake of growth. I want to actually create a life that I actually enjoy, yeah. as opposed to just make something big and successful at the expense of everything else. Yeah. So there's probably something in there around it as well. Well, can yeah. we talk about that in just a little bit more detail? Because I mm-hmm. think it's kind of not talked about um, enough uh, in terms of when you are running a business uh, and just like many other walks of life, you are dealing with a constant stress and pressure because you're dealing with the day-to-day, but you also mm. always have to keep your eye on the future to yeah. make sure yeah. that business is going to survive as best as possible. So while you're working on the, the day-to-day, you're also working on the, the big picture yeah. as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it is stressful. And I think that we don't talk enough about that. And also it's really good to hear you bring in that you, you're, you you think about mindfulness and well-being and meditation and all these sorts of things. At what point did you start doing that in your career? Have you always been that kind of person or has it, did it get to a point where you thought, actually, no, I, I want to have this kind of life, but I know I need to deal with these things in a different way. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was pretty much the crux of that was when I went full time doing my own thing and suddenly I had to rely on myself as opposed to a cushy university salary uh and and particularly there's I suppose there's um ratchet points isn't there like that's one of them where you're suddenly full time and everything does rely on you which is great I do love that the fact that you have control over your own destiny and everything but equally that means that if it all goes to pot, you've only got yourself to blame. <laughs> um, but the next one is when you take on staff as well. So as soon as I start taking on staff, that obviously adds to the, the stress. There's a whole bunch of new things come into your life when you've got to actually manage somebody else's welfare as well as your own. Uh, so that was certainly a point as well. And then I guess there was a couple of others around. We did take on funding eventually, thinking that... Um, I I wanted to speed things up a bit. I wanted to take a few more risks and get the room to do that. But suddenly that's some more stakeholders that are involved in the company too, that actually care what happens and have some input on it too. So I think there's there's all these little kind of milestones that add to your potential stress or anxiety. Um, but I think I started thinking about it right, right at the start, I think as soon as I started working with myself. I think there's I think there's things that you can do as well though isn't there like we in strategy store we kind of we try to get out of the office and go and mm. do things that are pleasurable so we'll go for walks with people or rather yeah. than sit in the office and do a meeting and we might not take notes sometimes because <laughs> we'll think well actually we'll remember the bits that are really important and just kind of getting out and about kind of creates that kind of vibe for the business mm-hmm. that I think customers and clients sort of relate to too. Donald, you, you've always kind of really pushed it for us to be a bit different in that kind of dimension, haven't you? Yeah, and, and not different for difference's sake. It's, it's, I just want us to be natural. I just want us to be people. Mm. I, I think there's so much paraphernalia around organisations and management now that 
It's, it's almost like people leave their personality at the door when they enter the building and you think, what is the point in that? So uh, maybe we go outside every now and again to pick up a personality <laughs> and bring it back in again. Uh, but I think it is really important. This podcast is produced in association with Alitu. Alitu is a one-stop shop podcast maker tool offering call recording, audio cleanup, audio editing, and publishing. If you want to start your own podcast, just like this one, go over to alitu.com. That's A-L-I-T-U.com and try out for a week for free to see if it works for you. It did for us. I think the other thing is is it's done some work on this in the past that it's partly about the extent to which you're maybe not in control of but have got some influence over your own destiny and I think many people reach a point where they feel that that's kind of slipping away from them and that's when adrenaline excitement and all that kind of thing turns to anxiety and stress and and the ridiculous thing is, is that in so many of our organisations, it's completely unnecessary yeah. if we just kept in touch with one another as people. Do you think that's? Uh, do you think that's come back around with big organisations too? I think I think a lot of people in my kind of circles and probably yours as well have become very aware of that in the last few years. But do you think the? Do you think that's getting into bigger corporates as well, or are they still just trundling along, being mechanisms like you said? Uh, yes and no, actually. I think that's a fantastic question. So it's like most of these things, it's, you know, the same thing happened with corporate social responsibility mm. and all these kind of things that you can see, you can see all kinds of organisations now with well-being and wellness policies. Yeah. Uh, and so they're taking on board the idea, whether they're actually doing justice to it with mm. all the protocols and forms that you have to fill in to make sure that you're conforming in that respect is a different question. I think the way our organisations are designed and structured, frankly, is passing its sell-by day. I think we need a really radical retake in organisations. And one of the motivations behind Strategy Story and some of the work that we have done and, and plan to do more of was we wanted to kind of get a sense of the, the types of organisations that our children will feel comfortable inhabiting. Mm. Mm. And I think so many of the ones that we've come from, they just uh, they just don't, not, sorry, not doing that. Life's too short. Yeah, yeah. I think we want to, I think we want to put a contribution into the workplace and, and to try and help some of them feel better places to be. Yeah. And that's why the role of storytelling is so important and story. And, um, and so what do we mean by that? But it's really people being people and giving, like you, Colin, with your your um, with your background and what you want to do with Alitu, you're saying here you want to get everyone's voices heard. That's exactly what we want to do in organisations, and it's through storytelling. So going into organisations and getting teams to air what's going on with them, their stories of what's working and what's not working, but crucially getting them to share that with teams in another part of the business where things are siloed and you kind of view each other and go, what's going on over there then? And why do they do it like that? And then you get gaps in processes and businesses where things fail because people aren't understanding each other. And so what we're actually doing is really, really simple, Mm -hmm. but it feels sometimes like it's a little bit of a complicated pitch. 
But actually, it's what we as human beings have been doing since we could communicate. It's our way of surviving, it's our way of thriving, and it's just about bringing people together. And for us, that's our contribution into trying to help well-being and wellness in organisations, actually, because we've seen that it can have a really sort of... um, healthy effect on people and teams yeah. when they get the opportunity to do that it's actually it's one of the one of my favorite ways that people use podcasts uh, use Alitu actually to make a podcast is it's one of, it's we see lots more big companies using internal podcasting so they oh, will right. have a, a manager a let's say create a 10 minute update for their team of 10 15 20 people it'll say what they're up to a bit of progress from this person that person maybe even record some of those people and get some of their input as well share that with their it's a great to share with their own team but that then goes on to the wider intranet or whatever they use to communicate these things and then the other teams can listen to it as well and it kind of connects all the different teams together and there's something so much more powerful about that method than an email update which is just text that people will skim through instead they can listen to it and hear the real humans they hear the people the personalities the a bit of laughing back and forth mm-hmm. so it's actual like that um the hr team they're not they're not your enemy they're actually yeah. a bunch of people who are just normal and nice and get on with each other and all that kind of stuff you know it's absolutely it's I'm, I'm seeing all sorts of potentials for what we might be doing in the future <laughs> together but um <laughs> that's so i mean a big part of the feedback that we get as well is that we give we all obviously go into organizations and make little programs with folk about what's going on and we get them to make them too whether it's audio or video and then they have to sit and listen to each other and we sit in a big room and it might be like a screening and there could be mm. 170 people or there might be 10 people or whatever but it's that opportunity for folk to actually sit down and listen and hear other people's voices mm. and yeah. expression yeah. and then that's when you you get these eureka moments and people kind of going oh we understand what that's about and then it's just the most amazing feeling when you see teams and people go on to collaborate where there were gaps before you know and uh, that's like that's that's such a rewarding thing for us isn't it we see so much evidence around that as well it's the it's a pure connection you get with people when you just listen to somebody it's why one of the podcasting has its strengths and its weaknesses it's it's one of its weaknesses is that it's quite high barrier to listen to as in the shows are often 30 minutes, 60 minutes long, they're quite in-depth, they're long form, so you don't just like skim through one on your, you know, just your five-minute coffee break or something like that. But the strength is that actually because it's audio only, um, because you get it on your phone, mobile, you can do it while you're, you know, driving the car for an hour or out walking the dog or I often do it when I'm like washing the dishes or cooking my dinner or something like that. So it's like a, it's a way of using up otherwise wasted, bored time potentially. Um, and so because of that, you have people listening to you. You do have people listening to you for 30 minutes or an hour at a time. And that means that people, your voice is in their head for an hour uh, every single week for weeks and weeks. And that's what builds that really strong connection. That's what makes it so that a podcast can really influence people, can really kind of generate super loyal listeners, fanatical fans of the stuff you do, or just make a real impact on somebody's life by motivating them, inspiring them, making a change of some sort. Um, it's powerful. And we hear that. We hear those stories all the time. So I've got to ask this question. It's obvious, you know, zero out of ten for originality, Donald. <laughs> do you have a, strateg- a strategy? Oh, you stole my question. <laughs> ah, well, you've stolen lots of mine. <laughs> Do you know, so maybe this is something that I, I need to ask you now or in the future, maybe it's a bigger answer, but I don't really know. 
I, I have plenty of plans. What a good answer. What is a strategy? Like, what, what would you define by a strategy? This guy's an expert. He's straight back, Because we make loads of plans. We, um, I write down, like, uh, you know, month plans, year goals, all that kind of stuff. Like, maybe that's our strategy. Or maybe it's more like how we deal with competitors. I don't know. That's, that's like... Well, most people would say it combines all of these and more. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's basically something that, that takes your... The thing that you're better at or even best at uh-huh. combines it with something out there that's needed yeah. in pursuit of some aim mm-hmm. or goal. Weaves them all together beautifully. Okay. I think we've probably got bits of it then, but just haven't put it together into uh, something that's maybe what you would call a, a coherent strategy. Okay. That resonates, doesn't it, Donald? Is that normal? <laughs> How does that resonate, Kate? <laughs> Why don't you talk about your little bicycle analogy? Oh, well, that's often the case, actually. Yeah, loads of people, if strategy is like a bicycle, uh-huh. which it isn't, but just imagine as a metaphor, it is a bit like a bicycle. It's like so many of the strategies I see, they've got the, they've got all the right bits. In fact, they've quite often got more than enough. They could build okay. two or three bikes. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's the assembly job. That's what makes a strategy a strategy. Right. Okay. It's getting the seat where the seat's meant to be. Most of the ones I see is, the, why have you put the handlebars where the seat's meant to be? And the, <laughs> the front wheels and the back wheels kind of working against one another, it's just not assembled properly. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just depends how you play it and, and how important they are. Uh, Do you think, yeah. though, that we've kind of, that we've kind of overcomplicated strategy? And no, I know we've overcomplicated <laughs> strategy. So Actually, <laughs> with some simple logic. So, so... So, yeah, wait, of course it's overcomplicated. Uh, sorry to all my many colleagues across the world in strategy and the massive <laughs> industry that's, that's gathered around it, because it's basically just a recontextualization of ends, means, and conditions. Mm. The schema at the heart of all Western problem-solving education. So ends, something that you really want to achieve, the means you've got at your disposal, what you're really good at, and conditions the environment or context that you're moving through. That's right. all it is. So it's, yeah, it's been way overcomplicated. But but that but that is not to say that there isn't value in really digging into it, understanding yourself, getting to grips with with what it is you want to do, and critically, if there's more than one of you, having a shared view. Because otherwise, if you've all got your own little personal strategies, you end up with you know, like five people pulling on ropes in different directions. It just doesn't go anywhere. That's no use. But I have to say, 80 to 90% of the things that purport to be strategies out there don't do that. Ah, really? Okay. Don't do that. Uh, uh, which is why about three quarters of them fail. Maybe I should get you to do a, a case study. You can t- I can talk to you about what I've got and see if any of it's actually relevant at some point. Well, <laughs> so let's ask you that question. So we've d- we're way off script now. <laughs> I know it's difficult to, when you see me every day with my long cascade of golden hair and what I'm wearing, uh, I'm your fairy godmother. Okay. And for Alatu, mm-hmm. right now, and yeah. this will expire in one minute, so you've not okay. long to deal with this, yeah. I am going to give you one wish mm-hmm. for Alatu, and it will come true, Colin, mm-hmm. if you look at me in the eyes and tell me sincerely what your wish is. <laughs> Uh, maybe it would be, I mean, right now we've got dozens of ideas that we'd love to build in. So I can see the point where we could get to in five years time where we have all of those ideas, all of those things. 
it's just really slow getting there because it's hard to build things. So, we need to work on this. So, so what's your one wish? So it's, uh, having uh, an unlimited uh, team of developers that are really good at what they do that could just make it in a day. Well, we definitely can't do time travel. <laughs> but it's a good wish. Is this an astrophysicist? He <laughs> <laughs> knows how to do time travel. He knows how to do it. Wormholes. All you need to do is travel at the speed of light, don't you? Uh, uh, above the speed of light, you'll go backwards in time. Uh, well, it slows down time at least. Yeah. We'll work on that. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, so what you've basically said, I'm going to say it back to you, yeah. is I'd like all the capacity constraints off my development agenda. Yeah. yeah. I'm capac- My development's capacity limited and yeah. I could be more of what I want to be yeah. if that wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> so on that note... <laughs> <laughs> Colin, we like to we like to end the session with a uh, with um, a little bit of a tip or advice mm-hmm. from the person in the chair. Yeah. So, from your experience of running this brilliant business, have you got any sort of advice for anybody out there who might be doing something similar or completely different? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the thing that we do, you mentioned earlier, we try to help anyone get their voice out into the world, and the whole point of that when we're talking to a business audience, which I think we are here, is to personalize what you do so that, you know, if you're a a plumber out there doing your great work or you're a baker making great bread, there's lots of other plumbers and bakers out there, but people will buy into your bread or your plumbing service if they know the person behind it. It's the actual, the voice, the humanity, the personality, the ethos, the beliefs, all of those things that come out in your voice when you talk about the topic that you're passionate about or you teach what you do or whatever it is. And that's what podcasting can do. So that's what I would say is even just experiment with it. Just try and put out a little limited series of six episodes teaching something that you know well that you can teach over audio. Um, And I'll obviously say like Alitu is a nice way to do that. You can open it up, you can record right into the app, you can edit it really simply and publish it all in one place. But the core is the voice, the core is the message, the core is getting something out there a limited series that doesn't need to go anywhere else. It's still really valuable, even if you only have six episodes out there, connecting with people, just being there available. Um, so yeah, give it a shot. Thanks, Colin. Thank you so much. But with that in mind, what we would like to say is that we will be speaking to lots of different people from across all sorts of different walks of life and business and we would love to hear from you we would love to hear your voices in this too so if you have questions for us about strategy or story or any of our guests please do email us at hello at strategystory.co.uk and we will bring your voices into our podcast as well Thank you for joining us here at the Strategy Story Podcast. You can listen to this podcast anywhere they're available. You'll also find all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes below. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with all our episodes.